0: Rocco Achampong is a lawyer in the city and former mayoral candidate and is uh, has been on the show uh, once before. So happy to have you back, Rocco. Thanks for joining me again.
1: Thank you so much. It's always a delight, Maggie. Uh,
0: so what's it like for you? What's your snow story? Are you staying uh, inside and staying safe and warm or have you been outside shoveling yet?
1: Well, I'm actually right now in the south, in southeastern England, uh, oh. in the Garden of England, as they call it. I in mean, Kent. Oh. um uh, but but I did uh keep uh abreast of uh weather happenings or meteorological happenings in Toronto and i i i I saw that it turned uh sorry Twitter was a light with uh uh sightings of thunder and sorry lightning and and snow
0: thunder and, snow yeah uh,
1: yes um but sadly I don't have the issues you have i I happen to be an in city dweller uh in a in a high rise and uh I don't have to shovel my own snow.
0: Ah, the luxuries of being, uh, yeah, of not having to worry about that and having, uh, well, paying, right, for the maintenance fees to make sure that that happens. But um, thank you for making time for us as you're in in London. Um, There's a lot of news uh, in the headlines right now. Uh, And one is, uh, you know, we're looking at the mayoral race. So, okay, Rocco, I know I asked you the last time, you were on the show. I'm going to ask you again: Are you going to run for mayor? You've ran for you were uh, you ran for mayor a couple of years ago. Would you do it again?
1: No, no. I ran for mayor in 2010, and that yep. was the election. Uh, Doug Fo- uh, Rob Ford won. Yep. Um, and Maggie, I'm on to you. You ask every counselor <laughs> that comes on your show whether or not you're, you're running. So I, I, you know, hey, I want to get lot- the
0: scoop, Rocco. I just want to get the scoop. <laughs>
1: But May May if, if here's the thing. If I have your votes, then I'll seriously consider it. If I don't have <laughs> your vote and you're just asking it as a pro forma oh, question. You're
0: putting the pressure on me now, Rocco. You're putting the pressure yeah. on me. Okay, so that I'll take that as a maybe then.
1: Well here here's the thing, uh, Maggie, and, and I, I know you are I I've, I've listened to you. I've uh, I, I mean I wanted to get a tenor of how your conversational style goes and yeah. obviously took you in when talking to quite a lot of uh councillors and uh, political uh, personalities and uh, you know your stuff you obviously know your stuff um, and, but there are a lot of also issue areas uh, that we have to take very seriously I mean you have the major files of transportation which has been uh, conscripted and removed from Toronto's hands by the province uh, with the Ontario line and we're going to need more transit built um, we're going to have to deal with congestion and I was the only candidate uh, in the most recent council election that put forth a congestion fee idea for the downtown core. Uh, but, uh, you know, the next mayor would have to be able to wrestle concessions out of, uh, uh, the province of Ontario and, uh, see whether or not we can toll the DVP and the gardener, uh, which would bring in about two, three billion dollars a year in terms of due revenue. And, you know, most of your, um, Uh, your interviewees often spoke about making sure that we are on a sustainable funding foot and we are not and uh, we can't keep relying on the property tax base and and driving taxes like the vacant property tax which i would disagree with um and coming up with all sorts of user fees just to make the city unlivable so so these are the things that i'll be i you know we would have to look at uh on a social level um i'm not very fond of the fact that every walkway sidewalk in toronto is a marijuana smelling dungeon mm. right i i do think that there's a better way to zone um marijuana retail and there's a better way to uh to to zone uh quite a things in the city to make it more livable um i i have ideas i've always had ideas about ideas for 15 years very few people have put out more issue areas of the private citizen um in your personal capacity than i have so uh, there is an interest to run for mayor, but it's a capital-intensive enterprise, and the capital is just not there today.
0: Okay. All right. So, you know, if if there were people that would help invest in that, then I hear maybe.
1: Of course, I, I would be mayor. Okay. I, I don't think anybody running for mayor right now or anybody that's announced could possibly stand beside me and speak on, on the critical file areas that we have to deal with um, in a meaningful way. I mean... and we do tend to, I mean, we do tend to give a nod to those that are already sitting in the council seat, but Mm. we've had the past eight years of able managerial leadership in the style of John Tory, and he never sat on council, right? So you just have to have someone with vision, um, someone hopefully who appreciates the legal mechanics the city has to work with. Uh, And as a lawyer, I've been doing that. And I've focused specifically on municipal and provincial and uh, uh, systemic issues. And, uh, I think there's a lot more I can offer uh, as a private, a lot more I can offer in elected office, but it's not up to me.
0: All right. Well, uh, Anthony Fury uh, has put his uh, hat in the ring and he talked to John Oakley earlier this week about, well, actually thinking about running for mayor. I I think he's still thinking about it. Uh, Let's hear what he had to say on John's show.
1: We've had a lot of conversations about urban decay, about what they call the broken windows theory, about how people are, very concerned about what's going on in the city right now my wife and i go for a walk down the street and people come up to us and they say oh yeah things are slipping we're concerned we're raising three small children in this city and we're committed to keeping raising them here Uh, we love living in this city but all this stuff concerns me you know we've been talking a lot about what's going on in our streets with the homeless population and john we know that there are folks who are uh, sadly because of their addictions committing six seven eight crimes a day And I look to what the B.C. NDP government's doing, what the Alberta Progressive Conservative government is doing. They're doing treatment, treatment, treatment to help these poor folks on the street and and by doing so, getting them off their addictions and helping us by uh, making our streets safer as well. So that's an issue I'm very passionate about as I consider whether or not to do this.
0: All right, and I do want to correct myself that Anthony Furrier has not officially said that he's running, but, you know, as you just heard, uh, is thinking about it, much like yourself, Rocco. You know, you make some really good points and things that, uh, again, I think uh, the next mayor of the city really needs to focus on, and and infrastructure is definitely one of them as well. Uh, you know, we're, we've are we seen, you know, Jason Chapman, are. um Uh, executive producer here, had reached out to the city about uh, the the eastbound Gardner on-ramp and the fact that it was built a couple of years ago, just east of Jarvis, and it's closed. I literally drove by it this morning as well. It turns out the city doesn't plan to open the ramp until 2026. Now, Rocco, this is a ramp that is currently done like it is absolutely done um and you know ready for cars to drive on it the city's uh response has been the long-term plan is for the garden first of all it's a very long response but i'm reading in part the long-term plan is for the gardener on off ramps at logan avenue to be replaced With new access ramps east of Cherry Street as part of the city's ongoing Gardner East project, the new Cherry Street access ramps are in the design phase and planned for construction starting 2026. The eastbound on-ramp from Lower Jarvis Street will reopen after that work is complete. You know, I just wonder if things like this are maybe uh, when when we're talking about the city making decisions, if they're kind of short-sighted, especially if you have uh, a ramp that can alleviate some of the congestion. I mean, the end of a work day down here is ridiculous. Does that make sense to keep a, a ramp like that closed until 2026?
1: Uh, no, it doesn't. And uh, I also read, I mean, you mentioned Jason, I also read the response the city sent to Jason yeah. uh, regarding his query. And quite candidly, you read like a uh, uh, technocratic obfuscation. And uh it, it reminded me of a, a lawyer trying to bury uh, uh, non-reason and legalese just to make sure he can lose the client or something. Um, so it might, it, because I think in 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 that response, they spoke to uh, a uh, traffic assessment and said that, you know, the conclusion after the fact was that it would be unwise to open it, but yet they'd never really operationally tested out whether or not that would be true. And that in and of itself makes it uh, lack the credibility um, that uh, a response like that should have. so, yes, I would say at the very least, let's test it out. If it doesn't work out, at least, uh, uh, at least we know we've tried. Uh, we, We have yet to venture it, so we don't know what will be gained. But dare I say that I have a sneaking suspicion that congestion will be alleviated in small measure.
0: Yeah. I mean, these are the things, right, that as Torontonians that, as struggle with is are these decisions, uh, as you said, are there, get buried in legalese. And people who are actually dealing with the day-to-day uh, gridlock, congestion, that is a reality in this city. Um, Just want to have alleviation of it. Another one is the snow removal. I mean, um, you know, we're all dealing with that today. Um, And and how the city handles snow removal. This past week, Josh Matlow had tweeted the idea of bringing snow removal services back in house uh, to City Hall. Do you think that's um, the solution to solving the problem, the fact that you have many of these side streets that are going to be packed with snow for days on end before, uh, you know, snow removal services get to them and are able to fully clear them out.
1: Well, I mean, it, it's been said that Josh Matlow never misses an opportunity to grant to grandstand. Um, and, uh, uh, to be and i saw that tweet uh, where he uh suggests that somehow bringing it in house would have the city be uh be able to maintain some sort of quality qualitative control and oversight which shocks me because are you saying that we are subcontracting to people that we don't have uh, oversight over mm. we're, we're we're contracting out the city serv- city we're contracting out city services for an essential uh function um, uh, without having some sort of oversight. So that kind of threw me for a loop because that would be rather dangerous. Um, but I certainly would not be trusting uh, government to become experts in snow, re- uh, snow removal. The city is snow removal. If there are private companies that do this better than us, uh, then we should work with them and ensure that there is some oversight, make sure there are some measurable targets and metrics that we expect them to meet, um, and then hold them to account. And if they don't, um, let's move on and open the tender process to, uh uh uh, to make it a global reach we have a tendency of uh trying to obviously support homegrown companies and the sort i don't know which company currently has a contract um, but, uh, we've also been somewhat, um, disadvantaged by the fact that we leave our tender process. Well, we, we tend to limit it geographically to, uh, domestic, um, vendors as opposed to global vendors, because in a globalized world, let's see who does it best and significantly at cheaper cost, especially if, uh, they're from a country where the currency is also uh, favorable to us.
0: I think that's a great point, Rocco. I mean, you know, if we look at ourselves privately, right, if you hired somebody to do some work in your home, and they weren't doing it properly, would you continue to hire them? No, you would you know look at you would look for somebody else. You would create a system where um maybe you had a bidding system again these are if you're not happy with the service, then how about getting somebody who can provide excellent service and I'm sure there are a number of companies out there who would be chomping at the bit to uh get a city contract and be able to clear the streets and prove themselves. They can they can Agreed. do so well. So, yeah, great, great point on that. See, I, I think, you know, the mayor thing might happen. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, on another note, uh, and this is a fascinating and complex story, Rocco, and I know you've been following it, and it's it's the story of uh, the teacher in Oakville, uh, Oakville, Oakville Trafalgar uh, High School, Kayla uh, Lemieux, who um, has been caught on uh, video from different students, um uh dressed uh, again the allegation or the the assumption is that this woman is um transgendered um the new york post has come out uh with articles um capturing uh this person dressed as a man um uh, in their own private time and so the question is um You know, is Kayla Lemieux a a man or a woman? But besides the point, Kayla is a teacher in the Oakville Trafalgar High School uh, in the Oakville area. Um, There's been a lot of controversy around Kayla because of her appearance. Um, Some parents are very upset because uh, the allegation is that she's wearing uh, prosthetic large breasts, Uh, which have caused a distraction to students, have caused a lot of controversy. Parents are upset about her, at least about her attire um, in the school. Uh, And subsequently, the school has received a number of gun threats, bomb threats, as as late as even just this week, there was another bomb threat as well. Um, There have been numerous meetings, uh, parent meetings as well, and... uh, you know, temperatures are at a certain level now where parents are just feeling like they're not being heard. Now, the board has said that they are going to hire an outside advisor to come in and to help impose a professional dress code. First of all, it's interesting, Rocco. So what I did is I looked up, you know, a couple of school boards to see if they also had some sort of uh, dress code for for teachers And I couldn't find it anywhere except for the Hamilton uh, Public School Board that said appropriate dress is attire that is neat, clean, suited to the learning task and is in keeping with a safe, respectful learning environment. So that's, that's basically it for appropriate dress code for teachers. How do you feel the schools or the board has handled this? whole situation i mean it's been long drawn out it's been pulled into the media it's a mess
1: well i mean look i it, it, they haven't certainly acquitted themselves in uh the manner in which we would expect the school board to but then again um i don't find um uh, the school board level uh, to be stacked with um uh the best of persons uh, in dealing with these issues even though they are mandated to deal with them Um, and when you hire outside advisors, you're, you're effectively just passing the buck to make sure that you mitigate liability or mitigate any risk of decision-making that should fall properly, um, on one's table. And the buck ought to stop with someone. It stops with the school board. But I mean, if we really wanted to get to the teacher and and there are two points here, issue number one, is this teacher genuinely what they say they are? Are they truly ch- transgendered? Um, are they going through a transition process with hormonal uh, uh, that's changing the body? If that's physiologically ascertainable, then we have nothing to say about it, and we can only support them on their journey. If it is a joke, a mimic, uh, then this is no longer just a school board question. It's the Ontario College of Teachers question, and I think they would have to step in to investigate and ensure um, that their standards are being upheld, because at the end of the day, this is one of their members.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think as a parent of uh, a high school student, I'll tell you a quick story, Rocco. My son, he's 16. And the other day he goes to a Catholic school, so they wear a uniform. And the other day he was wearing a non-uniform sweater. And uh, I got a very stern email from the principal from the vice principal right. stating that if my son does not come to school with the appropriate sweater and attire on that he will be suspended and that he will be uh, sent home. And so they were very, very strict about the expectations for students. Again, 16 year old wearing sweat. he had all the other attire, he had the pants, he had the shirt, s- simply a sweater. So if they could be that strict with, uh, with a student about attire, then I think, and and there is a lot of literature on all of the board websites that I visited when it comes to attire for students, specifically, I would say for Catholic schools, but there is no clear, uh, you know, um, description or code of conduct when it comes to When it comes to teachers, and I think there needs to be clarity around that, just just to make sure that everybody understands what is expected of them, because you know teachers are 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 looked at as um, mentors; they're looked up at from you know from from students as well, and uh, and and they can't be a distraction. They absolutely cannot be a, a distraction for students who are very impressionable and um, and are just, you know, hormones and all of the things going on at that age that I think the best thing that the board can do is just make clear guidelines um, that everybody can understand.
1: Why not just introduce school uniforms?
0: For teachers?
1: No, for- um, Oh, for, uh, for students. For students who large, and obviously if the students have to, um, at the very least, meet a threshold um, appearance requirement. It um, certainly should be imposed on on teachers as well. I mean, I'm a lawyer and as a lawyer, when I go to court, I can't just show up in jeans and a sweatshirt. Yeah. right? <laughs> I, mean, I would be kicked out of court. Um, uh, there are rules of decorum and etiquette and uh, in a professional environment, there are professional there's professional attire that's required. And if somebody should be falling low of that, I think uh, there should be consequences.
0: Thanks so much, Rocco, for making time for us today. It's always a pleasure chatting with Thank you. you.
1: Thank you, uh, Maggie. Thank you so much.